0: So the songs, the worship choruses that we just sang was, it may seem like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. And I couldn't help but think of, it's not in my notes, it's not part of the message, I don't think. But some Things are subject to change, with or without notice. <laughs> so in, uh, in 2 Kings chapter 6, And we're going to start in in verse 14. And again, just as we're we're reading this, and I'm reading in the King James Version, unusually for me, um, and just think of that song, right? So verse 14 says, Therefore sent he hither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. That's the kind of God that we serve. You know, in in preparation for this, there was so many different ways that this was going to go. I was going to do an object lesson too. You know, I'm quite uh, quite accustomed to doing those. But you know that that's one of the one of the things that I do. It's one of my things that I like doing illustrations. You know, whether it's a physical illustration or something, an illustrated sermon is what we might call it. But I made a conscious effort to endeavor not to rely on my own strengths and my own abilities. And we're going to talk about that a little bit as we go on tonight. And, and one, of the, one, of the, one of the many things that was buzzing through my spirit and buzzing through my mind was,
1: Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. You know, we're in crazy times. But ladies and gentlemen, here or there, wherever you are, whatever time, we
0: serve an awesome God, and we are the body of Christ. The body of who? The body of Christ. The anointed one and his anointing.
1: The body of Christ. You're not just John. Or Pastor Paul, put your name there. You're not just anything. We are part of the body of Christ, of which he is the head. Father, I just thank you for your presence here. We thank you
0: that you are... Almighty God, that you are awesome, holy, powerful. I thank you that as the message goes forth tonight, that is your words that are heard. It may be my voice speaking, but let me disappear and let it be your word that's heard. Not my opinion, not my thoughts, not my convictions, your word and your spirit of truth in Jesus' name. Man, So if you've been around this church any amount of time or you've caught up with us one occasion or more online and one of the many different avenues that we have available to to listen to the word, you have heard us talk about faith. And I got to tell you, as sure as I'm standing here, right, if you would ask me this question 20 years ago, I would not have expected that this man would be talking up here about faith. Not that there's anything wrong with faith, but there is a lot of misunderstanding about the word of faith, what the
1: faith really is, what faith really means. So, although
0: it may be common to some We're going to dig into a little bit of this tonight. And I'm just following the leading of the Holy Spirit because, believe me, this is not where it
1: started. So faith. What is faith? Somebody said it.
0: So Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The Living Bible says it this way What is faith? It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. It is the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us, even though we cannot see it up ahead. Check this one out the message. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God. This faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It is our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. And just in case you think that those are maybe just a little bit different than what the original is, read a version we don't hear often, often here. I don't use very often too, but... The Young's Literal Translation said, And faith is of things hoped for a confidence of matters not seen a conviction. That's why we don't use the Young's Literal Translation too often. You know, it's one of those, one of those translations that's actually taken the original languages and it's not necessarily written in a smooth flowing English such as the, you
1: know, some of the other translations. But faith is of things hoped for. We're dealing in perilous times, right? We have a chance to
0: see victory. We have a chance to walk in victory. We have a chance
1: to exemplify victory. Not fear. Not shrinking back. Not, not,
0: don't get me wrong, I'm not suggesting we defy rules, regulations, laws, or any of that but we can still stand up
1: and be an example. So how important is faith? It's pretty important. How
0: important is it, Brother John? It is so important that Hebrews eleven six 6 says, and it is impossible, not highly unlikely, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So you have to have faith to even come into the body of Christ, to become part of that member, to accept him as your Lord and Savior. That is the first step in in grabbing hold of those things that you can't see. Unlike the disciples and Thomas in particular, who was able to touch his hands and his side, we can't. And Jesus even said, you know, blessed are you for you've seen. But
1: more blessed those who have not seen and believed. Where does faith come from? We've heard this too. This, this has, has
0: impacted me deeply since I've been preparing for this. Romans 10:17, and I'm going to read a couple of different versions of this too. So Romans 10.17, King James Version starting. Let's call that the common ground. So then faith come by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. What the heck does that mean? Hearing by the word of God? Like really, King James? Like, I don't speak King James. That doesn't mean that for years I've been listening to it. And, you know, you kind of get a little bit of understanding. You hear it enough, you begin to understand, okay, yeah, they're talking about the word of God, right? But hearing, by the word of God, hearing comes from my ears. Well, One of your hearing senses does, right? We've got to remember that we are, as well as being physical beings, we are spiritual beings. Spiritual beings. So Young's literal again. So let's see if I can get this out without tripping over it. So then the faith is by a report
1: and the report through a saying of God. Yeah. Through a saying of God. So do you believe that what God says will happen?
0: And what God says is truth? Because that, in essence, is the foundation of absolutely everything we have as believers. Because we're not disbelievers, otherwise we wouldn't be sitting here. But even the man who is is having his son prayed for, after the disciples not being able to do it, right? Said, I believe, but help my unbelief. Like this, there's always that, we're always kind of fighting realms. New Living Translation, same verse. So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. So what is it that we're building on here? See, in order to have trust and confidence, you have to know somebody. Right? If you're calling on somebody to help you, and you're really depending on them to help you, and they don't show up, how much trust do you have in them? We live in a society right now of broken trust, broken promises,
1: no respect, no honor, vast generalities. But I don't think there's anybody within the
0: sound of my voice, live or electronically, that doesn't, can't relate to that. Society has changed. Covenant is an unheard of phenomenon, right? To do something for somebody else without strings or conditions is an, anom- an anomaly. Some people can't even wrap their head around it. Why would you even do it? Why would you bother? It's got nothing to do with you. Well, can't you
1: just be nice? Can't you just be a good person? But when you've been hurt, whether it's a close friend,
0: whether it's a family member, whether it's your mom and dad, whether it's an employer, partner in business, when you've had that broken trust,
1: it can be very difficult to actually wrap your head around trusting in God.
0: Because there's that nagging doubt or disbelief.
1: That is this really true? Is this really possible? Am I really the righteousness of Christ?
0: Have I really been justified as if I'd never sinned? Have I really been forgiven for everything and that every day is brand new?
1: (laughs) Yes. Absolutely true. And we've got to get ourselves to the place
0: and the confidence that we actually believe it does not matter what
1: we have done. He loves us. He's not mad at us. He has forgiven us. And here's a kicker for somebody
0: that's performance-oriented, that's performance-driven. There's nothing you can do that's going to change that. The other way either. You cannot earn it. You cannot earn a gift. When it's given, it's given. It is not earned. Because when you try to earn it, right, you're depending on your own strength and your own ability and how good you are or how good you can be or how good you can do it Or how good you can make it. Well, guess what? We can't. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. That's as good as our good gets. How'd you like to be a filthy rag? Well, like it or not, that's our righteousness. We have put that aside and rely and trust totally on Him. That becomes the foundation of everything else that follows. Because when you pray, if you don't think you're good enough, or you don't think you earned enough, or you don't think you believe
1: enough, how do you stand in confidence? You can't. I believe. What the hell my unbelief. What is my unbelief? My unbelief is that is that
0: somehow Although you prayed the price, Lord, for absolutely everybody else, that those stripes that beat you to virtual oblivion in the flesh, right, were shed for me. You endured the, the scourging for me. The, the, the,
1: the thorns, the bruises, the blood, the cross. The message version. Same, trans, same verse.
0: But how can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? And how can they know who to trust if they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted? And how can they hear if nobody tells them? And how is anyone going to tell them unless someone is sent to do it? That's why the scripture exclaims, a sight to take your breath away, grand processions of people telling all the good things of God. But not everybody is ready for this, ready to see and hear and act. Isaiah asked, "We are all sorry." Isaiah asked, "What we all ask at one time or another, does anyone care,
1: God?" Is anyone listening and believing a word of it? Look around out there.
0: (laughs) The point is, before you trust, you have to listen. But unless Christ's word is preached, there's nothing to listen to. Unless you're listening to the truth of the word, either in the Bible directly or from somebody speaking or preaching or teaching from the Bible, there's nothing good to listen to. Unless the songs you're listening to are faith-filled, word-filled, uplifting, edifying, good news and truth, it's not worth listening to. I know there's all kinds of stuff, and you know, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater on me here. Well, what are, you, what are you focusing your time listening to? Because if you're listening to the Daily Update and what's going on in the world around us right now, there's not a whole lot of good news in that. There is all kinds of facts, but there is no truth. So we've got now a pretty good basis of what faith is. And we got a little bit of a foundation
1: on where faith comes from. But did you also know that faith is measurable? Okay? Again, remember,
0: I'm not standing here as one who's got it all together. Right? There's, there's a whole lot of this message coming in where too, I want to tell you. In Matthew 8:26, it, sa- it says, New Living Translation. Matthew 8:26 Jesus responded, "Why are you afraid? You have so little faith." Then he got up, rebuked the wind
1: and the waves, and suddenly there was a calm. Matthew 6:30 "And if God
0: cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire
1: tomorrow," He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? You know, the, the psalm say, "His eye is on the sparrow." right.
0: Matthew 6:33 goes into this a little bit more. Seek ye first the kingdom
1: of God." Right. Even the birds are looked after. Do we think that we're so above? The sacrifice that God made for us—that
0: it wasn't enough to cover our particular circumstance or circumstance or circumstances or personalities or our abnormal
1: abnormalities—we're not that special. <laughs> We're not so bad that it wasn't enough. You know, thinking that. What he did didn't work for us is essentially what we're saying, right? If we don't trust. Let that one sink in. That can can hit a little hard. That can step on
0: some toes. Matthew 14.31 says, Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. Of course, talking about Peter. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? Man, he just got out of a boat and was
1: walking on the water. When was the last time you tried that? And Jesus said to him, You have little faith. Well,
0: he obviously didn't start out with little faith when he stepped out of the boat. What was he walking on? He was walking on the word. Jesus said, Come. He'd already developed a relationship with Jesus in, in the time together on the earth, walking through the desert and doing all the stuff that they did. Jesus said, come. Peter said, okay, over the side of the boat. And just, you got to put yourself there for a minute. It wasn't like it was calm when he stepped over the boat and then it suddenly got rough. It was windy, blowing, and the waves were tossing and the boat was heaving. And we're not talking like one of these great big ships. We're talking a little fishing boat right? And they bob like a cork. Have you ever been on a boat in rough water? Okay, get yourself to a point where you can climb over the side without falling over, right? He climbed out of the boat and was standing on the water. He started to walk towards Jesus. And then he took his eyes off of Jesus and started looking at the water and the waves and the wind, and he started to what? Sink. Sink. There's an illustration there for us. Don't look at the waves, the wind, and the water. Keep your eye on Jesus. It sounds so easy to say. I can say it here all day. Keep your eye on Jesus. What does that mean?
1: When the guy cuts you off in traffic, what are you keeping your eye on?
0: (laughs) right. When somebody, you know, does you a bad deal, they do you a bad turn, they promise you something and they don't show up.
1: What do you rise on? The wind, the waves, or the circumstance? Where our eyes should be? Jesus. The word of truth. Because we know that Jesus is the word. He was the word. The word was my life. Hallelujah. <laughs> Again, recap a little bit.
0: Luke 12, 28. And if God cares so wonderfully for the flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? We get so wrapped up in our own little world, our own little circumstance, and we throw our own little pity parties. And again, I'm not saying you guys, you guys probably got it all together, but there's a lot of time where I've had one of those, or some of those, (laughs) many of those.
1: (laughs) Pick a moment, right? Did
0: it happen today? Probably. But Jesus loved me. He cares for me. And he cares for each one and every one of you. And it does not matter what's coming down the pipe. He's still the same omnipotent, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing, all-loving God. And he's all-loving towards you
1: and me. I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. I can hardly even fathom it. Here's Here's
0: a great version of that message. Has anyone by fussing before the mirror ever got taller? (laughs) By so much as an inch? Mm -mm. If fussing can't even do that, why fuss at all? That's a very good question. Walk into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They don't fuss with their appearance, but have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The 10 best men and women in the country look shabby alongside of them. If God gives such attention to the wildflowers, most of them never even seen, because they're wild, they're out in the wilderness where nobody is. Don't you think he'll attend to you? Take pride in you?
1: Do his best for you? Well, if you haven't heard it that way before, believe it. I'm here to tell you, he means it. He will do it for you. He wants to do it for
0: you. Will you let him? Get it out of the way. (laughs) See, we can have great faith. We've talked about, oh, little faith. We're talking about the measure of faith. You can have great faith. I like great faith. Great faith sounds good. How do you have great faith? Well, let's look at a couple of examples and see if we can figure this out. Well, that, by the way, is a key. Don't try to figure it out. <laughs> well, well, we'll come back to that in a minute. Again, you're, talk- you're looking at somebody with a very analytical mind, very analytical process. If I can't figure it out, it can't happen. I don't understand it. I got to be able to figure it out. You know, there's got to be a pattern. There's got to be a sequence. There's got to be something, right? <laughs> yeah. New. New. Okay, back to that. Park that. Matthew 15, 28, New Living. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted, and her daughter was instantly healed. So we've touched on this before again. if This is the first time hearing this, and we can catch up on some later on, but... Your faith is great. We're not talking about Jesus' faith. We're not talking about
1: God's faith. We're not talking about Pastor Gary's faith or Kenneth Copeland's faith or Keith Moore's faith or Jesse DePlantis' faith or Pastor Paul's faith or John's faith your faith. There's more than one
0: occurrence of this, and we don't have time to go into all of them. Let's look at another example, Luke 7, 9. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. He's talking about the centurion. And this one's the King James Version. I'm all over the place, Ashton, sorry. (laughs) When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned him about, And said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not
1: in Israel. How was that possible? What is it the centurion had to be able to have this great
0: faith? Well, in his own example in the scripture, and again, in the
1: interest of time, we're going to abbreviate, he was a man under authority and in
0: authority. So he knew what it was like to have a chain of command.
1: He knew what it was like to say to someone, go. He didn't have to ask nice either. You, that, done, right? Done, you're back.
0: No question. He didn't have to go looking for him. He didn't have to go retrieve him. Didn't have to send out a search party. If he didn't come back, he was dead because that was the way it was. We're talking about centurion soldiers here. (laughs) Matthew 17, 20. And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Luke 17, 6 says, And the Lord said, If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted into the sea, and it should obey you. Similar line, New Living Translation, Matthew twelve thirty. You don't have enough faith. Jesus told him, I tell you the truth. If you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. One more example, Matthew twelve twenty. this time in the Amplified Version. And he answered, because of your little faith, your lack of trust and confidence in the power of God. So that is key. For I assure you, and most solemnly say to you, if you have living faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. And if it's God's will, it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So there is, and Joey mentioned it during worship, you know, this mountain, be removed. Right now, society globally, is dealing with this COVID mountain. Well, it can just go. We don't need it. We don't want it. And we also know where it came from. Because there isn't any sickness that comes from God. There isn't any disease that comes from God.
1: There is one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and scare, and put in fear, We know his name. We know where he's belong.
0: Keep reminding him. You have no place here. No part, no lot in Jesus' name. We have authority and we're taking it. Okay. So we know what faith is, at least intellectually. We know where faith comes from, or at least we have a pretty good idea. We know it comes from the word. It comes from understanding the word. It comes from believing in the word, which is building up in us, The trust of God, what he has done for us, what he is doing for us, what he will continue to do for us, no matter what kind of person we think we are or were. There is little faith,
1: there is great faith, and faith is powerful. But what's our part? How do we apply it? What do we apply it on? What do we apply it to? Now, again, I'm not standing here
0: as one having it all together, but I am standing here as one that's getting it together because he is revealing stuff to us. He was revealing stuff to me. He is increasing our understanding. He is increasing our knowledge. He is increasing our wisdom.
1: Our mind is being transformed and renewed through the Word. Not news. Not bashing on the news, but like you know <laughs> see I mentioned that I don't have it all figured
0: out, and that that was a key, and I said I'd come back to that. We're coming back now. I think one of the, the and again this this may be this may be John's view for a minute, but this is my revelation that I'm getting an
1: understanding of. The fact that I don't have it figured out is part of my problem. Because all the time I'm trying to figure it out, there's not
0: a confidence or faith in him. I don't need
1: to know how. I don't need to know when. I just need to know him. I don't like that.
0: (laughs) It's not that I don't like God. I love God. And I'm wanting to love him more and more each and every day. And I want to learn to depend on him more and more every day and less on me. Trust me. I know me. It doesn't work.
1: I have tried and failed. And I got up. And I tried and failed and got up. I haven't quit. Don't intend to quit. And I will not quit. Cannot fail, because he's with me. He's with you. We're not supposed to try and figure it out. We're not supposed to find a pattern or formula
0: or do it a specific way. We're quite simply just supposed to trust, obey, and believe God. God says, my ways are not your ways. My ways are higher than your ways. And it says that in Isaiah 55. It says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. See, we're still thinking, we still think flesh and bone. We still think earth and terra firmer. We still think touchy-feely emotions. We still think with our intellect, trying to figure out, well, this is what I would do. Who asked you? (laughs) If I were God, there would probably be a number of problems. (laughs) (laughs) So thank God I'm not, and that I'm being transformed into His image. And I'm beginning to acquire his thoughts. At the end of the day,
1: in whom or in what do we trust? Do we trust in our knowledge or do we trust in God? Trust in God. Do we trust in our strength or do we trust in God? (laughs) Trust in God. (laughs) Do we trust in our way of doing things? (laughs)
0: No, (laughs) no, trust in God.
1: Do we trust in our own ability? No,
0: trust in God. Now don't get me wrong. God has given us wisdom. He has given us knowledge. He has given us gifts and we are to use them. And we're to apply wisdom as we use them. But we're not supposed to depend on them. We're not
1: supposed to trust in them. Do we trust in our faith or do we trust in God? Our faith without God is meaningless. We need faith, but we can't trust in our faith. I'm such a man of
0: faith and power. Uh, No, (laughs) that's setting yourself up for failure. It's not, I I hate to break this to you, it's not about you. But here's the conundrum. It's all about you. How How can it be not about us and be all about us?
1: Because God does things differently than we do.
0: God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Hebrews 13, 8, it says just that. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. Malachi 3:6, for I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob, are not consumed. Israel was doomed, or could have been, justifiably doomed. Right? <laughs> we just finished reading. If you're going through the Bible, we just read about Benjamin's tribe, <laughs> the tribe of Benjamin. <laughs> Could have happened. Young's literal translation, for I am Jehovah. I have not changed. And ye, the sons of Jacob, ye have not been consumed. Jehovah has not changed, nor will he change. New Living Translation says, I am the Lord. And in case you were wondering, I do not change. That is why your descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed cuz if he changed we'd be crispy critters ashes and dust it'd be all over but he loves us so much he spent most of the bible trying to get his children to come back to him trust him follow him just do what he says so if he said it so shall it be done numbers 23:19 it says god is not a man that he should lie, neither the Son of Man, that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? The NIV version, same, same, same verse. God is not human, that he should lie. Not a human being, that he should change his mind. Does he speak, and then not act? Does he promise, and not fulfill? No. Talk about the nature of God here. New Living Translation said, God is not a man, so he does not lie. If his word says it, guess what?
1: It's true. And if, you don't, if you're not sure, check out a couple of different versions. If you're really not sure, get yourself some Greek and Hebrew.
0: It's not an instant fix, by the way. But takes some time, takes some effort. But there's some powerful truth. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. When was the last time you were able to not change your mind? Has he ever spoken and failed to act? When was the last time we said something? Even, you know, we're such a a culture that has become so used to sarcasm. We often will say things that we don't mean, whether in jest or joking,
1: or maybe to lighten the mood, or maybe just to tick someone off. <laughs> when God says it, it happens. It's true. He's not a
0: human, so he does not change his mind. He is, he, has he ever spoken and failed to act? No. Has he ever promised and not carried it through? And again, just because I'm on a roll here with Young's Literal, because again, I'm not a Greek scholar, right? And I'm not a Hebrew scholar for sure. And Chaldee wasn't the strength of mine either. So, you know, lots of these men were scholars. So the resources
1: available, why not use it? God is not a man. It's just like the other version said. And lieth. So there's a big hyphen between God is not a man and lieth.
0: okay, And a son of man and repenteth. He doesn't change his mind.
1: Had he said, and does he not do it? And spoken, and does it not confirm it?
0: Right out of the original languages. Again, doesn't necessarily flow in English. I'm going to have to wrap this up. (laughs) Glory to God. And I was, I was really wondering whether or not I had enough. <laughs> Glory to God. You are amazing. You are amazing. So let's go into the garden for a minute. Take a
1: walk back into the garden. Genesis one twenty-six, And this would be King James. At least for the first time. And God said, let us make man in our image
0: after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth.
1: So let's go back to that again. And let them have dominion. And then the list, not much is not covered in that list. New American Standard
0: says, Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over every crawling thing that crawls on the earth. And just because we're having so much fun with youngs, let's do it again. And God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, And let them rule over fish of the sea, over fowl of the heavens, over cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that is creeping on the earth. I know something
1: that's creeping on the earth. What do we just hear? Two words, rule, dominion. Who rules? Leaders, governors, kings. Leaders. What are we, priests, kings, leaders, in Christ's body? We're part of Jesus' body.
0: New Living says, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. So just in case, after all that, there's any doubt, you could say, that we are to have dominion and to rule and have supreme authority. Whoa, brother John, what are you saying? God's in charge of everything. Well, are we? Didn't he just create us in his image? Didn't he just give us dominion? Didn't he just give us authority? Didn't he just tell us to rule? What are we waiting on, folks? Again, not not pointing fingers. (laughs) Just, just asking a question. Merriam Webster says it this way because I looked it up and it's like, okay, so dominion,
1: what does dominion mean? You know? Supreme authority. Does that leave any question? Okay, sovereignty, having dominion over the natural world. What's the natural world? Anything that's not
0: spiritual. <laughs> Like sometimes we just complicate this stuff so much. <laughs> See, when it, we're talking about faith, right? And I'm going to have to try to rein it in here somehow. But when it comes to applying our faith or standing in confidence when we're in prayer,
1: we could think we're not worthy. But I've just finished telling you we are. In our own, we're not, but He has made us worthy.
0: We have been made worthy and righteous through Christ. It's not our, by our strength. It's not by our power. It's not by our intellect. It's not by our aptitudes, gifts, or abilities. It's in Christ. Pure and simple
1: in Christ. Holy in Christ. Completely in Christ. Unashamedly, unabashedly, unwatered down, undiluted, in Christ. Because when we
0: position ourselves in Christ as he has positioned us in Christ, he dwells in us, he abides in us, he empowers us, he leads us, he guides us, he strengthens us. The same The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. The same spirit that was part of the Trinity that created the
1: infinite cosmos, the world and everything in it, is in us. So it's Christ in us that has the authority and the dominion. We're to exercise it. Thank you. Lord. Remember this, no matter what else happens, And when I read this scripture, typically, I think of others. But I want
0: you to pause for a second and think also of yourself. Ephesians
1: 6.12 For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities
0: and against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Remember, he has commissioned us to go. And I got tons more scripture. But he has commissioned us to go. He has given us the authority to go, to walk in. And things might not always go the way we think. It's a little aside from the, from the rest of the notes I had, but i I'm really impressed to, to, to share it. It's that Romans 8.28, the New Living Translation says this.
1: I think Pastor Paul just shared on this not that long ago too, I think. Whether Pastor Paul or Suzanne, can't remember. No, it's not that I can't remember. I just don't remember at the moment.
0: And we know that God causes everything to work together for, good, for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purposes for them. Well, let me share this with you. You are called to his purpose. So if you're not sure, you qualify. So when stuff happens, it doesn't matter. It's all working towards for the good. I want to read that same verse, 828, in the message. Because I think there's, there's times when, when a, a we wonder sometimes just what the heck is going on. (laughs) Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in us and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs and aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition and keeps us present before God. That's why we can, do, we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good.
1: It can always be turned around. Hallelujah. So I hope this has encouraged you and not, not beat
0: you up. Attempt, the attempt wasn't, wasn't to hurt, maim, injure. Right. It really is to encourage and to strengthen. You know, everybody in us, everybody around us is trying to tell us something contrary to everything I've just read tonight. And there's so much more, whether your Bible is on a PC or tablet or phone, whether you're doing it online or using the hard copy, right? The word of truth is truth. Let's focus on the truth. Let's have our minds renewed and don't let anyone tell you something different. If somebody tells you something, dig into that word and see if it be so. Let us exercise our authority. Don't cower back in fear. We've been given a position of authority. Somebody, a king, doesn't stand on a
1: stage hiding back. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to disobey anybody. We're,
0: we're in a world that just gets offended over just about anything. So guess what? You're going to offend somebody. You're breathing. You're still on this top of the grass. You're going to offend somebody.
1: But our part of that is not to take offense to anybody. Yeah, you know what? You have feelings. Don't let them get hurt. Don't take it personally. Jesus said,
0: you'll have tribulations. They hated me. They're going to hate you too. If you love me, they're going to hate you. It's just part of the reality. But you know what? His love surpasses all. If we can get past the fact that we're not looking flesh and blood, not even this flesh and blood, right, in the mirror, because I can look and stress and fret, and it's not going to make me any taller or any better looking. (laughs) Lord knows I tried. (laughs) It is what it is. But you know what? I am fearfully and wonderfully made.
1: Warts, blemishes and all. He loves me and he loves each and every one of you. Thank you, Lord. I pray tonight that your word goes forth as it has gone forth, that it finds that good ground,
0: that the, the fluff and superfluous words are just cast aside but let your word of truth remain. Let it strengthen, encourage, edify. Let it be the power it was intended to be. I speak it forth that everyone
1: goes here endued with the power of the Most High, healed, whole, healthy, prosperous, full of peace and joy and influencing
0: everything. Everywhere they go, in every medium, whether in person, whether electronically, via text, email, phone, social media, whatever the means, let everything that be done in the sphere of our influence be for your honor and for your glory and a life lived in obedience and love and worship for you. In Jesus' name I pray.